Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Everyone, welcome to the TMC Connect session introducing um, the TMC Healthcare Cooperative. We're very excited to be talking about this with you guys today. We have with us Rich Haney and Taylor Rogers from Cairn Advisors. And then our own Rich Swarbinski is here to talk a little bit about why we're so excited to be introducing this to you guys. Thanks, Sarah. And thank you, everybody, for taking some time out of your afternoon or late morning, depending on where you are. So um, as we've just gotten to know our lender members better over the years, all the different things we do in person and virtually to understand their businesses, ways we can help, it's a, a common thread kept occurring, and it was rising healthcare costs. I mean, is watching our members just strategize literally for hours and hours on end the ways to save a basis point or two on the manufacturing costs of a loan. And then to hear the percentage increases they're experiencing on an annual basis just to provide health care to their employees. It's like, man, wow, you're working so hard to be more efficient in your business in different areas. And you have these what seems like uncontrollable, just massive expense increases annually. So uh, that kind of led to a conversation uh, with Michael Jones at Thrive Mortgage and long time and one of our most well-respected lender members, great guy. And just, and he started telling me about a solution that he's like, man, we actually did something about it and got to know Michael and a little bit and what he, what he had done uh, after hearing about it, I was like, oh my God, can we bring this to other members of TMC? Um, and he's like, absolutely. We'd love to uh, help out fellow members. So that led to um, getting to know Rich and Taylor and their company and what they do led to uh, the forging of a partnership a little bit a year of a, over a year ago with Kieran Advisors, who since then has done some in-person presentations for the members, generated nice amount of interest amongst our members on the ways that they can help reduce healthcare costs um, in their company. And that all led to a conversation with Taylor and Michael and Rich a few months ago about, hey, we feel like there's a way to kind of take this to the next level um, that could make this of even more benefit to the TMC members. And it is also really jives with just the overall culture of the co-op um, and the general premise of what TMC is doing more broadly. So with that, I'm going to pass the baton to Taylor and Rich to tell you a little bit more about something we're excited to roll out this year, uh, TMC Healthcare Cooperative. So, <clears throat> Yeah, thank you very much, Rich. And I'm going to save just because we're, we're pretty limited on time and I want to get to the part that you all care about, which is not our background and all that. We're happy to share that, you know, some other time. But uh, as Rich mentioned, we did get connected with TMC because we represented a lender member and uh, had, had pretty good success with them and driving meaningful results in their healthcare program. And so this has been more than two years in the making. We started talking about this about two and a half years ago about how to bring the mortgage industry together and, and do something meaningful by working together. Um, and so that's that's kind of what this is. This is a culmination of multiple years of building and we're gonna try and cram that in 30 minutes. So we're gonna do this pretty high level but go into all of the things that we think you'll care about. So we're going to start with a quick flyover on what the opportunity is and what the challenges are in, in solving this, this strategy. 
Number two, we're going to talk about what the TMC Healthcare Cooperative is and why we think this is the right solution for a group like TMC and for the companies that participate. We're going to talk about the unique benefits of being a member of the cooperative, because as you'll find out as you go through this, the, the question will come up in your mind, well, why don't I just find a great advisor in my backyard and build this program myself? And, and we feel like 10 are going to be much stronger than one. And we're going to hopefully illustrate that for you throughout this process. And then we're going to give you very clear steps on how to engage, how to see if this is the right fit for your organization. Uh, and then we put an appendix of some resources just from some of the frequent questions that we've gotten as we've gone, gone through this process. And honestly, we've met a lot of you already. Uh, we've had one-on-one -on -one meetings and, and long processes with a lot of the members of TMC so far. Uh, so hopefully this is a culmination of a lot of those efforts. And we will have, we're going to, again, I said 30 minutes because we're going to try to save some time to get to, to some questions along the way. So feel free to put those in the chat box. As we looked at the uh, overarching goal of this program, we landed on three things that every single person we've talked to is looking to achieve. They want better benefits for their people. They want improved health outcomes from engagement in the healthcare system, and they want to reduce cost. And I think what we've learned and, and a lot of people understand is there is no magic bullet to doing any of that. It's having the right program structure in place and it's doing the right things, generating the right incentives and the right behaviors uh, and reinforcing those over time. That's the only proven thing that works. And so we're very, very, very passionate about what's what sucks, quite honestly, in healthcare uh, in this country and correcting those things. But we're not the only people wired like that. There are a lot of people throughout the country that you can find that can do this. Whoa. You can't reproduce, though, is the value of community, the value of purchasing power and, and strength in numbers uh, and idea sharing. So with all of that being said, the last thing I want to say here, and I'll let Rich uh, share a few things, is what we're building is built for you. It has to withstand the expectations and the criticism of the mortgage collaborative, which means when you talk, we will listen. When you give us instruction and things you want to see in the program, it is our job to figure out how to bring those into the fold. Uh, and so we're super excited to work for you, to answer to you, and to build something that everybody can benefit from. So Rich, before I uh, move on into the program, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I would just like to say that, again, we've heard the feedback from a lot of the TMC working groups and talking with lender members, and then even other uh, companies just out in the community and People want to have better control over one of their largest spending categories. They want to still get the same high quality health care. But we often um, think health insurance equals health care. And it's just not the case. Those two are, are they're completely separate. Healthcare is when we go see the doctor, when we go to the hospital, when we go pick up a prescription. Health and in, health insurance is how we finance that. Um, and so you have to look at it um, as completely separate. And how do we lower the cost of insurance? It's by not paying so much for healthcare because what you'll hear is uh, throughout this whole presentation is the reason why health insurance costs so much is because healthcare costs a lot. And so if we can pay less for claims, not tell people they can't go have surgeries or get their prescriptions, but if we pay less for those services, we can actually bring down the cost of health insurance. That's a great, great point. So the next piece might be uh, construed as bad news, but I think it's hopefully, uh, you know, you can, you can laugh about it like we do. That is opportunity 
is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work, right? We're not going to sit here and tell you that by flipping a switch into this program, you're going to cut your cost by 40%. There's a lot of people saying that out in the benefits market today, and it's just not true. It takes uh, a commitment to the right behaviors. It takes having the right pieces in place and having the right guidance to know where to spend your time and where to spend your effort and your money. Uh, so you'll you'll hear us remind you of this from time to time. We're giving you the ingredients to cook the meal you want, uh, but it's not going to cook itself. Um, and so we're here to partner with you alongside that, that journey. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things that you already know, um, but it's that the renewal process with traditional benefits uh, is not overly entertaining, uh, you know, for employers. This cartoon we we laughed at, we felt like it's a fair representation of what a lot of employers feel. And that's that you're alone on your side of the table up against all the power players of a $4 trillion industry. And they boil that down to Mr. CEO, Mr. CFO, uh, HR director, you know, your rates are going up 15% this year. You've got a lot of sick people. You've got cancers. You've got dialysis, you know, whatever it is, or an aging population. And so, man, we've lost a lot of money on your business. And then you look behind them and you see them sponsoring NFL stadiums and, and high rises. And you think, well, you can't be losing too much money. This is, I think, a feeling a lot of people are familiar with. And the goal of this program is to simply say, you're not alone. We're negotiating a lot of these contracts, a lot of these agreements as a community and as a group of people. And now we have leverage. We can swing around in the marketplace a lot more effectively uh, to affect change. Rich, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I would just like to say, you know, one of the things, and we're painting with a really broad brush here with this cartoon, but you see the consultants. Again, there are brokers and consultants out there in the marketplace who are doing a really good job. But by and large, when you look at the industry as a whole, number one, you can throw a rock and, and hit a broker in your community. Um, and, and that is kind of like no joke. Everybody's calling on the same groups. But by and large, all of the parties that you see on the other side of the table is the employers. They benefit from costs going up, not coming down. Um, and so we just encourage people to look at that and see how they're, you know, kind of uh like what, where's the incentive? And if you see what the incentive is, you know what the outcome is. Yeah. And, and that's the last thing is we don't want to villainize. Well, we can villainize big pharma. That's a, that's an easy one to villainize, but, but some of these others are really, really great people. They're wonderful people. They're just caught in a system that's incentivized to see the industry grow. And so that's all we wanted to bury there. And all this is, is financial evidence of what you feel when you look at that cartoon and what you feel when you go through your renewal, which is over the last 12 years, uh, since the passage of the Affordable Care Act, deductibles for the average individual have tripled. Uh, more than 60% of Americans have an out-of-pocket over $3,000. And company premiums, we just said your benefits have gotten worse. They've been gutted, but your premiums on average have gone from $13,770 to cover a family 10 years ago to well over $22,000, $23,000 now in 22, uh, 2022. So it's just... Um, further evidence of that we wanted to substantiate. So um, to put this back in mortgage terms, a $400,000 increase to a benefits budget, which is totally reasonable, has 20% increase on a $2 million budget, um, equates from our conversations with other lenders to about $80 million of production if your net 
uh, if your net margin is 50 basis points. So we're going to put some of these savings opportunities back in the in the context of production. But just to say, if you get a 20% increase, they're not asking you just for $400,000 that you got to come up with. They're asking you for $80 million of production, uh, you know, to go into healthcare. And so we're going to hopefully show you some and, ways to recover that. And I would just like to say is, is if you've ever been presented with a 20% increase, uh, how do you pay for that today? It's Oh, okay, I've got to switch to another carrier. I've got to raise deductibles. I've got to raise out of pockets. Again, what we've shown on the prior slide, that's been the strategy for the most part is cost shifting back to the employee, paying more for less. Um, and so we just want you to keep that in mind. So for those of you who are who have already moved in this direction, I apologize the last eight minutes was probably somewhat boring and you probably know that and have heard it before, but we feel like it's foundational because Part one of this whole program is each company will have their own self-funded health plan. And I know that half of, we've, we've looked at the folks who signed up, about half the folks who signed up were already self-funded. This is gonna be great news for you because this is like self-funding on steroids. Um, for those of you who are currently fully insured, it may send fear and trepidation through you, uh, but we wanna show you that that's actually a really good thing. And it's a, it's, a, it's a worthwhile way to approach your program. So first of all, starting with data, 82% of companies who switch to a self-funded program like we're, we're talking about here from a fully insured program save money in year one, all right? That's a good thing because the short-term horizon is probably the worst case scenario for self-funding. Over five years, 97% of companies save money and over 10 years, more than 99% of companies, basically everybody wins over a 10-year period if you're self-funded versus if you had been fully insured during that period. You might be asking, though, at what cost, at what trade-off? Of the 18% that don't save money in year one, the average loss is less than 4%. So on average, they spend less than 4% more than they would have had they just remained fully insured for that one year. So it's a fairly, I'm going to illustrate this uh, a little more clearly, 82% of the time, you're set up to save 10% or more. 18% of the time, you're likely to lose less than 4%. That's the trade that you're evaluating here. But knowing that long term, much like buying a home and building equity, long term, it is the sound financially uh, stable decision. So it's it's really boils down to would you take a bet and say, hey, eight out of eight out of 10 times I'm going to save money or, you know, call it two out of 10 times. I might pay a couple points more uh, just by changing the risk financing component. And by changing that risk financing component, it unlocks the door to be able to manage the risk more effectively. And that's illustrated on this here, uh, which is, you know, traditionally speaking, when we shop your plan in a, in a fully insured marketplace, we're, we're talking about this 20%, uh, 20, 25% yellow bar here. That's your fixed costs. So they come back and they say, your claims, you ran at 100% loss ratio. We're increasing your premiums by X or Y. Those increases are technically attached to your administration and your, your insurance costs, your stop loss costs or your pooling charge. So what we're doing here is by unlocking this mechanism, we're now able to access this other bucket of savings opportunity, which is the 75 to 85% of your plan that's earmarked for claims. So now we can not only uh, worry about your fixed costs, which we're talking about on the next slide, but we're gonna talk about your variable costs and your claims on the following slide. So where the rubber meets the road, law of large numbers, it only impacts 
your fixed costs, your insurance purchasing, and your, your administrative costs and all your vendor fees. The reason for that is the law of large number doesn't apply to your claims. Your claims is part of your risk. And I want to be very clear that your risk in a health plan sense and a benefit sense is simply the to- sum total of the people that work for you. Uh, it's the people that you've chosen to hire and the health conditions and the costs associated with those conditions. So the, the real value of large numbers comes in negotiating stronger contracts with your vendors. And so we're going to start with this one here. Both fully insured and currently self-funded employers are going to benefit dramatically from this arrangement. If you're self-funded, it's because you're going to have the best stop-loss stop loss contract terms available on the market, which reduces your inherent risk. And they've agreed to give us our renewals four months in advance. So 120 days out for this. That includes, so again, if you're self-funded, this is going to make a lot of sense, a 30% rate cap on your insurance premiums and no new lasers for the life of the contract. So if next year you hire a family of hemophiliacs that are all million plus dollar exposures or liabilities, your stop loss insurance carrier cannot raise the liability for those specific members, which does happen in a lot of other stop loss contracts. And I I would like to just expand on this a little bit because this again is in perpetuity. This isn't for one year and then you have to reevaluate it or the stop loss carrier has to reevaluate it again. This is after you're in the program and get in that first year. Every year after that, you are guaranteed to never take an increase on your stop loss premiums of more than 30%, which generally represent about 15 to 20% of your entire maximum liability. So let's just say you got the worst case scenario, you're talking six to 7% increase. Um, if you're, if the whole uh, bus went off the side of the cliff and, and everybody, everybody lived. lived, yeah, exactly. And then you will never have, if you bring on those conditions or people get conditions that are high costing, have to worry about additional liability for those members after that first year. Correct. So we, that's where we say, if you're self-funded, this is music to your ears because it's, it's really self-funding. And the rest of the program is you'll see self-funding and risk management on steroids, not on training wheels. Um, the next piece right here. We can create this plan to look and feel like a lot of a lot of things that you're used to. We have a lot of levers that we can pull in here to create that familiarity for your employees. So it's not disruptive. It doesn't feel like a shakeup. This means we have access to just about every major network and logo if you want to keep that. And we also have network uh, access to other uh, high performance strategies that we can talk about on kind of a case by case basis. And then finally, the leverage grows over time. I just wanted to highlight this, that we negotiated a lot of really strong deals out of the gate, just with the promise of the the TMC relationship. But as the physical belly buttons in this in this group grow to 10, 20, 30,000, hopefully over time, um, you know, we're going to swing a very big stick in the marketplace. And that's going to be a fun time. Little chicken egg, which is where we are today. The next piece, so that all relates to the yellow part of the dollar, the fixed cost. The next piece, and I think this is the really, really critical piece, is how are we going to impact claims? And this is uh, extremely important because the way to do this is to provide really powerful incentives for members to engage in this process, um, which not only puts money back in their pocket through free healthcare, but it's going to drive down your total plan costs. I've got three real examples from some clients of ours. Um, and, and the emails they've sent to HR and, and, and the follow-up. So oh, it's going to make me go back to the beginning. 
So the first one is a sinus surgery. And we caught this on a pre-cert report, a prior auth report. And um, our nurse brought it to us and said, hey, I'm going to reach out to this member and see if anyone told them about our $0 surgery program. They This member had a pending prior auth, but they didn't know or realize that that surgery could have been done at no cost. So our nurse reached out, educated them on the program with something they caught. And here's the email we got back from the member. She said, hi, Dora, which was the nurse on this case. I saw this position and what a great visit. I'm so glad this is the direction things are going. He wants to see the CT scan before deciding on surgery and surgery might not be the best option. This is music to my ears. We learned from this member down the road. She was terrified about having this surgery. And upon second opinion, it turned out that was actually not the appropriate intervention uh, for this, for her symptoms and what was going on. She also went on to say, he recommended a neurologist due to my history with headaches and migraines, along with family history. Uh, what's the best way to determine which doctor is best to see so I can uh, minimize my costs? Now we have this member. Now they get it. They're in the, the flow of care navigation and making the right decisions. And we're able to treat the whole person, their comorbidities, not just this sinus surgery. So guys, this is phenomenal outcome. We avoided a 44, this, this was pending for $44,767 of operation. And I just thought it was also necessary to point out here that our bundled program that was free was just over $13,000 to the member. So had they taken the free option, there was over $30,000 of savings. But in this case, it was an entirely avoided $45,000 almost. And, and I would just like to add on this is the member didn't want to have surgery. If there was no protocol in place, whether you're self-funded today, and we know for sure in, in fully insured programs, this does not happen. If there was no protocol to get the member a second opinion and call and remind them through daily pre-certification uh, uh, files and proactive outreach, because we know people don't pay attention during open enrollment, that this was, surgery would have happened for and sure. the member would not have wanted surgery. And if you think about it again, that, that savings of just 30,000, if surgery was necessary, that 30,000 based on that 50 uh, basis point um, kind of net profit, I mean, that's $6 million in loan volume that was avoided by one surgery. Avoided by one surgery. So the next one, this is something low hanging happens all the time. You've probably seen is specialty RX. We have a lot of ways to solve this today um, and, and, and drive financial outcomes. This particular case, we got a prior off uh, based on this dosage. It was um, submitted for approval at $185,000 annual cost for Stellara. Um, the nurse contacted the member to educate them on an option that was available. In this case, it was bringing the drug in from uh, the UK, this one was the yeah. UK, I believe, um, through cold chain storage to their house, and their $6,000 was going to be waived out of pocket. I'm going to pause right here and indicate that if that sounds weird to you, know that the state of Utah sends their employees to Tijuana for specialty drugs and for infusions. Uh, the state of Utah Health Plan sends their members down to Tijuana. So sending it to someone's house from the UK or from a pharmacy in Canada or something else is no longer as weird as it may have seemed 10 years ago. Um, in this particular case, the plan savings was over $90,000 because of what we were able to procure that drug for and the member saved their entire out-of-pocket expense. So it was a win across the board. Member cooperated, was very much on board, but I do want to reiterate, they had a choice. Yep. They could have stayed, gotten the drug domestically, and they just would have been subject to their deductible and their out-of-pocket. 
They chose not to, and it was a win for, for everybody involved. So in a worst case scenario, you're always back where you started. In a best case scenario, you're able to capitalize on this. And by Rich's napkin math, I'll beat this dead horse. $90,000 of savings is about $18 million of loan volume if we're looking at 50 basis points of net profit. The third example I want to show, this is actually, I saved my favorite for last uh, because this one was, man, we were working on it for six months. This member needed two knee surgeries and we educated them on the program and they just were not interested at all. And so went in for their first knee surgery um, did not utilize the program, saw the surgeon they felt really strongly about using. And from booking the surgery to recovery, which did not go particularly well to billing, um, the member was just very, very unhappy. And so the second time around, they re-engaged with the nurse and they said, okay, I don't know how I feel about this, but the first one wasn't great. So I'm going to follow your advice. I'm going to use the program. Here's the email that was sent to HR afterwards. I'm going to read it because it's pretty small. With the issues I had with our insurance last year, I have to admit I was skeptical about using the concierge, but I am the first to admit I was absolutely wrong. Going through the program and using the preferred provider system in order to not pay out of pocket was too much to pass up this time around. And so far with Dora's help, it's been a very positive experience. Not only did I get in the surgeon right away, they couldn't have been nicer and they've already got my surgery lined up. And it's taking less than 30 days to get it on the schedule where my other provider took over three months. If you ever need an advocate or someone to share their experience in the future, please call me. What a difference from my experience last year. Thanks so much for all the work you've done to ensure we have a program like this in place. This one was very satisfying for us because they did it the way that they've always thought and they were skeptical about the program only to find out that it is everything it was built up to be. Uh, they saved their out-of-pocket expense and the plan saved almost $30,000 to boot with a great outcome and a happy member. So I think this is kind of the trifecta of how we hope these things come together. Yeah. Anything else to add, Rich? Yeah, I would just like to add that, you know, you're going to get the, to put these programs in place, it's not going to be an overnight success, right? You're going to have people that are skeptical because they haven't been given the choice before and they always assume, oh, it's free. Well, it's not free because somebody's paying the bill. No doctor or surgeon is just operating um, just out of charity care. So it's, it's free for the member because we're able to procure a much better price. So we waive their cost share. If we're saving $30,000, you know, 5,000, 6,000 from a member, I mean, would gladly pass along that. So, but they're skeptical because we associate again, cost and quality. Um, but again, there's no such thing as a good price on something you don't need. And there is no cost and quality correlation inside of healthcare because you can go across the street, your doctor orders an MRI and you can get it in their facility for $3,000, or you could go to the same machine across the street and get it for $500. It's the same machine. And so we just want to build that community and then get the water cooler effect when you start having these wins and promote it. And this person has been an advocate for us now over the last couple months since that other surgery was before they were not. We're used to, we're some of the best shoppers in the world in America because we're able to do a cost benefit analysis very easily. And healthcare is a black box traditionally. So all we're doing is allowing you to make that cost benefit analysis in real time and help members along the way. So We've, we've highlighted kind of how the power of the network helps with the administrative costs, putting these programs together. This piece right here is where you can impact that 75% bucket and really drive savings back to the plan and see meaningful outcomes. And again, it's all facilitated through the members making better choices. You as an HR department, as an executive team, do not have to get involved with this. So I want to reiterate that. 
None of this matters if we don't have access to the data. And so this program is going to give you real-time opportunity to look back through the data and see where you can pull levers. So I'm not going to go through this just in the interest of time, but these are some examples of real data that we have evaluated for clients to say, hey, there's opportunity here. We can get the nurses on this and start educating some of these members on the choice that they have that they were unaware of. So this is a top 20 drug list. We see some Humira citrate-free pins here. We know we can do something about that. We see Novolog. We see uh, Jardians and Vivans and, and just drugs that are very much in our wheelhouse to be able to impact the cost. And now we have a solution to be able to reach out and educate those members. Number two, this is one. This is a uh, kind of generic versus brand. These are all brand drugs being taken on the plan where there's a where there's an effective generic uh, you know version of this drug. So if we're spending $500,000 on Concerta, you know, let's see if we can either contact their physicians or contact the member to set up a conversation with their physician to see, hey, are you comfortable looking at the generic? Is there, you know, double blind study and research that shows that these are more effective or as effective uh, in having those conversations? So this can move the needle big time as well to drive generic utilization. But again, these are just some examples of trends and, and opportunities that we're looking for. I could belabor that point, but I think you all can <laughs> by this juncture. The last thing, and I think this is what we're most excited about, um, and it's grown over time, our, our excitement about it, is the community of like-minded employers, because no, there is nothing like sitting at breakfast with people who are engaged in the same journey and hearing them share ideas with one another about, wow, we did this and it was so good and our employees loved it, or man, we tried this, it didn't work so well. We feel like that's the secret sauce and the magic. And so what does this look like? What does the community look like within TMC? Well, you guys go to the TMC meetings every year. Uh, many of you do, we've met most of you, or a, a lot of you. We want to see you elect a board of governors that we have to answer to. So you're going to be the voice for the cooperative. Tell us what's working, what you'd like to see, what members are saying. Um, and obviously, we'll be available as well. But it's nice to have a consolidated voice that's asking specifically for, for things and giving us marching orders. So that's one piece. The second is at the TMC conferences, we're going to be setting up time for you to visit with us to talk about your program, to get advice and, and kind of, again, meet with each other as well, learn from one another. And then one thing I'd like to add on that piece of it, I think that's one of the most important parts is learning from each other, because uh, we've attended a couple conferences now since we've been one of the preferred partners. And I think one of the things that's always resonated with us is is you're technically competitors, but you all share really good ideas and how to be more uh, efficient and beat, um, or not beat, but but battle against kind of the the bigger mortgage lenders of the world, the Rockets and you know Wells Fargo's and whatnot. Um, and that's really cool to have that community. So why not be able to translate over to healthcare? Because generally speaking, y'all have the same uh, risk profile. Uh, you have the same demographics. We're all dealing with the same conditions. And so if there's something that we can learn from each other to help lower the costs, I mean, and give better outcomes to the people, um, it's important. And the last piece I want to say on this is because we mentioned earlier, um, there are a lot of good advisors across the country, but you all being able to go through the contracts and find flaws or find things you don't like, we hope you don't because we've spent a lot of time, we spent almost two years building this. But, but if you find things that you're unhappy with, it's, in, it's on us to go and fix those uh, and show evidence of them being fixed back to the group and to the community. You own this program. We don't. We're just managing it uh, and making things happen behind the scenes. 
The last thing I want to say is our stop loss partner hosts national meetings where if you are in their program, there's over 2000 employers that are invited to these meetings and you get to go and sit and talk and share ideas with people who are outside of your industry. Um, but you have a common tie and a common bond on the back end. So we feel like those are really great opportunities. We've attended them and found them to be extremely thought provoking and, and kind of make you better at what you're doing. So guys, that's the highest of high levels of the program in a nutshell. We could go a mile deep in any of these buckets and we're happy to do that one-on-one, -on -one. but I wanted to give kind of a last summary on why this makes sense. Number one, if self-funding gives you any apprehension, please schedule time with us because this is designed to remove the risk from that financing mechanism. Again, remember, you're not bringing on more risk. You brought on the risk when you hired everybody that works for you, right? That's the risk. All we're talking about is how you finance it and how you manage it. Uh, the law of large numbers is extremely powerful, particularly with how the plan's constructed and how the contracts are worded. Um, with When it comes to insurance, the house always wins. And so in this structure, all of the member companies will actually own the insurance company. It's the way that it's constructed. So the insurance mechanism is designed with the members in mind. This is com community driven sharing of practices we just talked about. And finally, you may have asked yourself along the way, like, what does this mean? Do you become our broker or how does that work? No, is the short answer. And that's come through conversations with TMC members. You have a lot of you have brokers, have people that you like. Technically, when it comes to this health plan, you really don't need a broker. You may want to hire or retain an advisor who helps you with contribution strategies, uh, who helps you with specific communication efforts within your company or open enrollment or whatever that is. We're not touching any of the ancillary benefits. And honestly, we're, we'll give you the data and you can talk to whomever on your side you'd like to for strategy. We're also available to help you with that strategy, um, you know, but, but you don't you aren't forced into firing or leaving any broker. Uh, that is completely on you if you want to have that advisor relationship. And I would just like to add on to that is it's going back to this has to withstand the scrutiny of, of anyone. And we're very aware that you know, you have relationships today of people you trust. Um, and, you know, we're not trying to replace those folks. We're not saying, hey, we're any smarter than than anybody else. We've just figured out a couple different things. And we're, you know, we we're kind of not going to do the same old, you know, insurance game and play that. And we want to we want to be risk managers. We want to help people lower the cost of claims because it lowers the cost of insurance. And the stop it is I want to be very clear here. The stop loss will have an agent of record that would be our firm. However, the reason for that is because it has no commission baked in. It has no perverse incentives baked in. It is literally, we will just be managing that renewal process and all of the underwriting that goes into that. Uh, but that is done alongside you and you run that whole process. And honestly, you will know the underwriters. You will know the stop loss people because they're coming to the TMC conference. And so really we're the intermediary on that side. But as far as plan strategy and everything goes, you own it. No one else owns it. No broker you hire, not us, anybody else. So that's really what we have. We can go uh, deeper into this. I do want to talk through the new member process, and then we'll get to some of these questions, whatever we've got time for. Um, but the next step, if this sounds interesting to you at all and you want to learn more, let's set up a one-on-one -on -one time. We'll make sure you have a link to our to get time on our calendar so we can talk about your situation and how this program might fit in with what you're doing. From there, if you say, man, I love this strategy. It sounds really good. 
if you can get us numbers that make sense from a financial standpoint, we want to do this. We want to rock and roll. At that point, we move into a quoting and an opportunity analysis where we'll come back and return numbers. But I think the expectation there is that if we get you to that comfortable level where you're, you feel good about it, that we're ready to move forward. Um, this isn't something where you kick the tires and compare it to your Blue Cross plan and all that because it's apples and oranges. It doesn't make sense. But if you buy into the concept, then we'll do everything we can to get the underwriters on board with uh, with the numbers. And from there, opportunity analysis looks good. Quote looks good. Numbers look good. You give us the thumbs up or the thumbs down, and we move straight into onboarding and implementation. This program has an annual renewal date of January 1st. We will have the renewals every year on September 1st. So we're getting those four months in advance. They will all renew together. Um, Your plan year can run on whatever cadence you like meaning your deductible resets and everything. We think it makes sense for them to reset on January 1st, but they do not have to. Your stop loss will renew on January 1st. Rich, anything else I mentioned? And then I know we've only got a few minutes, so I want to make sure we get, get to these questions. No, I think that that's it. And I would just say that, you know, we do got some good questions that we want to address, but um, we understand that, you know, for a lot of the lender members, whether you're um, C-suite or, you know, VPs, directors of HR, you know, healthcare is important to your people. It's not your first order of business every day. But if this kind of stuff gets your blood pumping and just thinking about it, um, I do encourage you to at least reach out and say, hey, this is something I'm interested in. I'd like to learn more. And uh, we've got an awesome book that we like to send out to people just to kind of talk about this. I mean, again, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of good advisors who are constructing plans like this not so much around the community aspect with the TMC, um, which I think is a big differentiator, but just kind of doing your own vetting and, and learning about these things is, is obviously um, smart consumerism. Yeah. But this gives you kind of a team, yeah. a group of people who are all doing the same thing with the same vendors and the same ecosystem. And if you go to Blue Cross tomorrow or whoever your current carrier is and you ask them to change your mental and behavioral health platform, they're going to laugh and tell you, you know, good luck. And the last thing I'll add too is that every stop along the way where we constructed this, we've been asked, well, how much do you want us to build in for you? How much do you want us to send back your way or when you get to certain volumes? And our answer along the way, it's been amazing to us how many times we've had to tell people we we don't want it. We don't want the money. We want this to be pure as the driven snow and able to withstand scrutiny. And so uh, we we do invite that. But, but to that end, in when we go through the quoting process and we're showing you rates, there is a program fee for us built in as, as managers. I yeah. mean, but it's still, it's um, a line it's, item broken out and it's all that's paid out. That so. is correct. I mean, everything will be fully disclosed from where dollars are being spent to you as an employer um, and the TMC side, because we need to, again, we need to have this peer and withstand scrutiny. Um, we understand that there's skepticism and, you know, pe- people are sold a lot of bill of goods, especially when it comes to healthcare. So it has to withstand that. Um, and we know that not everybody's going to be an adopter in this. And we're okay with that, but we know that if we do this the right way, that there will be people looking, um, people are going to want to take advantage of it Yeah, because we're all hurting. So uh, final thing I'll I'll make sure I hit is we will be in Chicago. So if you've got interest in you doing DH, we'll get a chance to sit down in person and and get to know you a little bit. Um, And if I know TMC, probably share a cocktail, uh, (laughs) you know, seems to be how those things go. So um, Sarah, do you want to moderate some of these questions for us? Mute. I'm on mute. Sorry, guys. 
Yeah. So we've got a good amount of questions. If for some reason we don't get to your question, don't worry. We have this chat saved. We can make sure that you get your questions answered after the call. And just a reminder, this is recorded and will be put up on YouTube as well as via our TMC Connect podcast. Okay. Do you guys just want me to start with the first question and go in order? Yeah, okay. So our first question would be, who would be the administrator you, and how did you know about this surgery? So we've, we've designed this program with uh, independent third-party administrators. It's not using the traditional national carriers. Um, and the reason being is it goes to the second part of the question is, how did you know about the surgery? It's the access to data because we have a care navigation team, um, an independent third party that doesn't even sit inside of the administrator that that kind of combs through the data and proactively reaches out to members or takes incoming calls, emails when members reach out. So there's um, two, three, three different um uh, third-party administrators, again, all independent that are a part of this program. So we're kind of giving people the option of chicken, fish, or steak. But you're not, we we make those recommendations based on your size, your geography, and, and kind of the makeup of your group. So it's not important to know. We, I will say, as far as the vendors in this, if there's any questions on that, we're, we'll share that under NDA for members, but there's been, this has been two plus years in the making on all this, on all this. Yep. And so, um, you know, that is something that we'll probably not get into for the sake of this conversation, but, uh, but yeah. But there are three different administrators, again, all independent, and it's going to be, de- uh, it's also going to be dependent on like, do you have one, do you need one network over another? I mean, what is the actual strategy? And then we base the recommendation on that. And then again, just so you know, uh, just to attack that and make sure we're clear on that second part, how did we know about the surgery? Is that care navigation team, they get access to daily pre-cert files um, and call logs. So they're able to see when a member called in and asked about an imaging benefit um, and just to proactively reach out to them is, hey, did you get your question answered yesterday? Um, Is there anything else that can be helped with? Or when a pre-authorization from a doctor comes in, they can call and remind the member about the free options that are available through this program. And that's having it independent of one of the big national carriers is the way that we're able to provide steerage and guidance to them. But it's harder to put toothpaste back in the tube. So our other reminder on that is it's always better to educate get people to do it right the first time, get people to reach out and make the proactive steps because that's going to be your highest conversion rate on the utilization of these programs. Correct. Thanks, guys. Our next question, what's the worst thing that can happen in this program? Has it happened? And if so, what measures have been put in place to avoid it from occurring again? I would say that that's part of the construction of this program is we've closed a lot of the worst case scenario gaps. And so if you get into the program, which that's no guarantee based on your risk profile that that you're going to find a, a really comfy fit from a financial perspective. Um, but if you do and it, and it makes sense for you, this is a mature contract that we're, we're putting you into. It's mature. It's got uh, it's gapless. So it, you're not going to have exposed liability coming into the program. Once you get in, as Rich mentioned earlier, there is a rate cap and there's a no new laser provision. So you can go out and hire a family with very, very expensive conditions and you're going to be protected from that. So I would really say there's you're managing and putting a cap on the risk. That's kind of what the program is designed to do. We can go deeper on any specific conditions or whatever, yeah. um, you know, in, in a more individualized setting, probably. 
Perfect. Thanks, guys. And then kind of a follow-up question um, from the same person. Are incentive-based well-being programs baked into the program? No. Our, our perspective on incentive-based well-being is that the only thing that moves the needle on, on cost savings is a proper relationship with primary care period, end of story. So some of the wellness programs that you can get into that uh, are behavior driven and so forth, those could be really fun, really morale boosting and have a place in a corporate strategy, but they do not manage risk. And so for that reason, it's not baked into the program, but you could certainly add that as a, as an alter, as a individual option. Yeah. And I'll just add some commentary. I work for one of the, uh, I work for Humana. I'll just tell you who the carrier was and their big thing was uh, the wellness program, Go365. It was very um, performance driven. Like you had to prove you did, you know, X, Y, Z in order to get credit of participation. And what we had found um, is you plateau at a certain point and you don't see, there's a negative ROI when you're paying for it and you're funding rewards for the people. The people who are generally going to participate in the programs are the people who are going to participate in the programs. It's hard to get people to change their behavioral lifestyles outside of, unless you have a a really solid primary care um, physician quarterback kind of helping you out. Perfect. Okay. Next one. If the plan exercises a loss based on claims, is there a cap to the amount that can be lost? Yeah, yes. Uh, so there's going to be protection on a couple different levels. On the individual level, since this is a self-funded program, there's two components. There's specific or individual stop loss. So you'll never spend more than um, whatever you feel comfortable with. We help you set that retention level for the individual. And then there is for all of your small claims. So anything under that specific stop loss amount, there is an aggregate protection as well. So think of it like you're fully insured, except you're not prepaying those claims arbitrarily. You have um, protection. You know what your max liability is going into the year. Okay. And then... Uh, what network do you use? Is it nationwide? Is it available in rural areas? So we, we have access to basically Blue Cross, United, Cigna, and Aetna networks. It depends on your geography and who your carrier is today. So I will tell you our preferred network for national reach and access alongside what they allow us from access to pre-cert and access to data and information is to use the United network. With that being said, um, we have some restrictions. If you're currently a United client, we're going to have to look at other networks because they will not cannibalize their own business. Um, but we have a lot of ways to skin that cat. Yep. And the other thing I would add on to that is um, we work with another a lender member who's taken, I would say, uh, a more aggressive approach and went open network. So we've got some experience there as well. Um, there, that brings on a whole new set of, um, I guess, challenges, if you will, and, and more, more so education for the members, but there is a lot of different ways you can kind of approach this. And it, it's very dependent on who you're with today. And then the geography, because like blue cross, they won't give you access in every single state, but certain blue crosses will. And and, and, and on that point, it, there's a heavy hot topic in the benefits community about direct contracting and reference-based pricing. We have a ton of experience in that area 
area. I just, we, we will not give that to somebody without a very thorough understanding of what they're getting into. Uh, Cause while we do believe that it could be very effective, it is a, it is its own beast and its own animal. So we're not pushing that on anybody, but we are certainly capable and very experienced in that regard if needed. Great. Thank you guys. Are you, are you utilizing centers of excellence for these surgery savings? We are. Yep. yep. And it kind of depends on the specialty there, but um, we, we are. Okay. And then um, this is a good one. Is there a virtual healthcare option available? There is. So it de- again, that's going to depend kind of on the preference of the group, but we have access to several. Uh, I would say the one that we use primarily and we've had a great experience with in a lot of regards is doctors on demand. Um, but everybody kind of has a preference on that. So there is a bit of flexibility depending on which administrator and if you have a, a very strong preference on your platform. And the other thing I'll throw around the virtual side is um, we're starting a relationship here. It's a company based out of out of Austin, but they're actually in the process of kind of expanding, expanding into almost every state is around uh, virtual mental and behavioral health. And what's unique about that is you will have access to a licensed therapist in in your state um, and you'll be able to see the same person. It's not going to be so much like the doctors on demand, the MD live, these virtual um, approaches where you potentially could get a different person every time. It's kind of building a relationship and rapport with one license. It's exactly as if you were going in person, but just fired up over zoom. And so our, we're working on the final details of that, but that should hopefully be live by the time the program goes live on one, one. Um, and it would be a fixed visit fee with a copay that you figure out and and very, very straightforward approach to accessing mental and behavioral health services. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Is there a required minimum participation or is that self-determined by each employer? So I would tell you, if you have like less than 60 or 70 employees, you you probably won't see the ROI to commit to this, you know, the strategies here. That being said, we'll, we'll look at you if you're kind of in that gray area and help you decide if it makes sense. I would say, generally speaking, with the amount of energy and effort it can take to, to put in some of these strategies, you're really going to start seeing ROI at probably 100 employees, 80 employees, depending on on what you're spending today. And then in terms of like participation, let's say you have, let's just use easy numbers. Like let's say you have 100 eligible employees, but you've only got 50 on the plan. I mean, we generally, um, that's just like, why are people waving? Is it, mm-hmm. is it cost too much for them to enroll in the plan? So it comes down to, is, is there adverse selection going on? Like only the people with risk are joining because they know they are going to need to consume healthcare. And so, you know, insurance is a game of risk. Um, we need to get healthy people's on the, on the plan to spread it out. Um, I would tell you, if you have under 50% participation, maybe not a fit, unless we can have a conversation about raising contributions or designing the plan to where we get more bodies to buy in. Yeah. Okay. So we've, we're uh, still getting questions in. We're going to go ahead and go until 4 p.m. since there's still tons of people yep. on this call. Yep. We love all the questions. Uh, anything that doesn't get answered, don't worry. We'll make sure it gets answered. Okay. Next one. 
Do you assist in um, creating like ongoing education and campaigns for employees and family members so that they can better understand all these savings opportunities and who they should call? Absolutely. That's something that we're, we're constantly working on. There is a collaboration kind of that's company culture driven. Uh, if you're a company that does a lot of in-person, you know, type things, we would maybe approach it one way, but we have a vault of materials. It's growing all the time. Um, and we have some kind of best practices as well that we, we help facilitate. Rich, anything else to add? Yeah. And then I would just say the other thing we do is, is trying to create, cause you're hiring people throughout the year. It's, it's how do we, you know, how do, how do we inform and educate these new members that are coming onto the plan? And a lot of it is, um, recently, what we've discovered is scheduling calls with our care navigation team and letting them know like, hey, here's what I can help you with. Here's what I'm not going to be able to help you with. That, that is ever changing, but um, we have different mediums to kind of help out with that. And it's, uh, it is it is truly dependent on what the organization wants from that side. But And were we even walking through potentially an onboarding process for the care navigation where when employees join the plan for the first time, they at least have a five to 15 minute intake call with the care navigation team so we can get a list of their doctors and make sure that they know about the program and how to access it. It's actually very, very easy to access and engage, um, but we just not everybody opens emails from HQ uh, with all due respect to HQ. So. Thanks, guys. The next one, um, someone's interested to know how you guys are making your money on this. It is a flat disclosed fee in the administration, and that is it. And yeah. if anything was ever found, you know, that was in any of these contracts that uh, generated revenue back to us, uh, it would be a big black mark on us. So it's a defined fixed line item per employee per month. Thank you. And then does the employee's percentage of claims cost change? Employees percentage of claims cost. That might have been in reference to something um, specific you guys had said. So we we're gonna build a plan structure, you know, very similar to what you have today, right? You have a traditional PPO with you know 70% coinsurance, a three thousand dollar deductible, you have an HSA plan. We're gonna have a plan setting strategy. Um and, and kind of talk about what that means and then th what's the best way to incentivize folks. Um, we do redraft incentives. I don't, this may not be the question, but we do redraft incentives and have that conversation. If we're looking at your plan and we say, man, this is really driving some behaviors that are costly and low value. Uh, we, we do work through those with companies to maybe say, hey, let's let's look at restructuring this benefit. We try to make it look and feel very similar to what they're doing today with no no real material changes. Thank you. And then uh, do you have a website that manages enrollment? So we do. Uh, if we're asked to do that, we do have a platform that we can uh, we can put you on. It's it's very, very, very easy to use and we can build that out. I would say that, um, you know, we if you wanted to, you could even put all your dental and vision and life insurance on there as well. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. We generally recommend just so you know, our, we generally recommend you build that out in your HRIS system, your payroll system, so that you can get proper feeds and eligibility in real time, you know, all of that. The other thing too is you don't want us to own your data. It just marries you to us even more, uh, but we're more than happy. It costs you nothing because we've already paid for the software and, and we're happy to spin that up. Great. And then 
we have someone wanting to know how, how, like, what's the best way to get employees to participate in care navigation uh, for savings? Employees must take a genuine interest in managing their respective care. Um, like sometimes they may not want to, they don't want to spend the time doing it. Yeah, that's a great question. It's, I wish it were totally easy to solve, but we do have best practices. And the first one, it goes down to how you design the plan. You have to design the plan in such a way that it gets people's attention. And so um, it's making certain categories of service where we know there's a lot of low value care rendered and turning that into maybe a deductible co-insurance where when they get uh, an MRI written for them and they show up for that MRI, if it's $1,800 for that MRI, which is like six times market rate, they're going to see that and say, oh my gosh, surely that they're not being asked to pay $1,800. That friction creates the opportunity to educate them. Well, would you rather me book it for you for free? I can get you in tomorrow. And we're able to have those conversations. So we say friction creates opportunity. You have to be willing to embrace plan incentives that get people's attention. Because if that MRI is a $100 copay and they go in and make a $100 copay and the plan pays $1,700, well, guess what? Now no one's had the opportunity to intervene and, and steer to lower care. Education is the other big one. You have to be constantly in front of people. And then the the last piece is what we talked about in some of those case studies. We create triggers on our side where we may catch things, uh, even when a member didn't know about the program, and that's all proactive outreach. Sometimes they don't answer our phone calls. Yeah, and we've found that the proactive outreach really happens or or is successful for like spouses who aren't attending necessarily the open enrollment meetings in, in a lot of situations. Um, and so, you know, whether that's, we call them, they don't answer. I mean, heck, I don't answer my phone anymore because get so many spam calls, um, but it's texting, it's emailing, it's just finding different ways to contact them. The best way is them obviously reaching out, but we don't live in, uh, we obviously don't always live in that world, um, but it is the friction that creates the opportunity and it comes down to a plan design and, um, just showing them, hey, even in your area, this is what it costs for an MRI, but they don't tell you that price up front. In 95% of situations, we have a way to get you the same for surgery MRI at no cost. I was trying to get my digital platform on here set up. It usually recognizes my ugly face, but uh, I couldn't get the password in. But we've created this in a digital platform as well, which is an optional uh, benefit for the program. Uh, We didn't bake it in because not everybody may want it or want to pay for it, but it's extremely user-friendly. It gives members access to pull their own medical records. Uh, It gives them access to all of their claims data and everything they've spent. And it has a one-touch button to get in contact with the people who can help you. And so we've put that all in a smooth, slick interface and uh, have have a very unique offering for that to add on to the plan as well. Thank you, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up there since we're coming up on the top of the hour. Again, don't worry if you didn't get your question answered. I will make sure we get those answered for you and reach out. And make sure you take um, or keep an eye out for the follow-up email after this call for more information as well as access to this recording. Rich and Taylor, thank you guys so much again for joining us today and explaining the TMC Healthcare Cooperative to the network. I know this has been really informative for everyone and I love seeing all the questions on this. Sarah, Rich, y'all are the best. Thank you very much. And thank Thank you guys for being so engaged with the questions. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Have a great day.
For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.